Unfolding the eternal excellences, the hidden insights of the truth and the depth of the riches of wisdom and knowledge. The Bible says, I have cleansed thee by the word. I have not pointed to your weaknesses. He says, I have cleansed thee by the word. I have pointed to your strength. And this is your strength, that I am Christ in you, the hope of glory. The glory of freedom, the glimpses into eternity. The gospel is not supposed to be an assumption. It's not supposed to be just a mere presupposition. Truth is older than language, but the word of God is way deeper than any human language. And now, Apostle Grace with the word. As some of you or many of you know who have been following this ministry for many years, I've had this conviction in my spirit to emphasize many or several things concerning prayer. Because much as we pray and make our requests known to God, it also came to my understanding early when the Lord Jesus Christ started to teach me how to pray. See, when the disciples come to Jesus and say, teach us how to pray, it's because they understood the importance of prayer. And the reason why some people in the world have answered prayer and some don't is this very reason that we don't know or understand the principles that govern effective prayer. Over the years, I have built a compendium. It's called Prayer Codes. If you go on the mobile app, you can find them. If you're interested in listening to them, it's about 9 to 12 sermons. I would recommend you listen to them because when the Bible says we pray and receive not because we pray amiss, it means that, you see, you can spend 20 hours in prayer, 15 hours in prayer, 30 hours in prayer, and still not receive because you did not pray the right way. And I know many Christians out there who spend nights and days without the revelation an understanding of what prayer is and how to pray. And I've seen some go on mountains and spend years there, months and weeks. Of, not that there's a problem on going to the mountain, but there's a problem if you're going to a mountain without the revelation of prayer. I saw some get on flights and pay expensive tickets to go on a wall in Israel to wail. <laughs> One time I flew to Tel Aviv and I went to that wall. For the first time I said, God, what's the revelation of this war? Not that I'd not studied or understood the history of that war, but everybody was there. Even people who didn't believe in Jesus, actually the biggest number of people which were on that wall did not believe in the Messiah. They believed in Judaism. And the Judistic philosophy does not define the Messiah the way we understand him in scripture. The one they are waiting for is a political figure. They don't believe that there was a Jesus who walked the surface of this earth, died and was raised for our glory. Certain things started going to my spirit and I'm not saying that it is wrong to go if you want to. Sometimes God will answer according to your faith. But the most definitive altar is in the inside of your spirit. The most consecrated altar is in the inside of your spirit. If you have not learned that secret, you'll never be effective in prayer. Because prayer begins with intimacy. To have a relationship with God, not the artifact. It's not enough to have a relationship with a certain wall. To have a relationship with a certain tree. To have a relationship with a certain mountain. God is not in that mountain. The Bible says... This is the mystery that was hid from the ages past and now revealed Christ in us, the hope of glory. Somebody say, Christ is in me. Hallelujah. It's a great revelation. So if I isolate because I love being alone, it's only because I don't want any disturbing noises, but not because the place that I isolate to is necessarily more consecrated than the altar in the inside of my spirit. Somebody shout amen. So I began a journey of trying to open 
this understanding to as many as gave me their ear. Because let me tell you something. When you learn to pray the right way, you will see the results. You will see the results of prayer. God is true. What the word of God says is true. God is not a liar. He's not a man that he should lie. But we don't know how to pray. We're not positioned right. We're not oriented right. We're not given the right understanding in prayer. Today is one of those days I'm going to give you a very fundamental pillar in prayer. Shout hallelujah. Isaiah chapter 16 verses 12. Isaiah chapter 16 verses 12. Very powerful, very powerful revelation. First time I landed on it in scripture, I wanted to explode. Seriously, I did. The Bible says it shall come to pass when it is seen that Moab is wary on the high place that he shall come to his sanctuary to pray, but he shall not prevail. It shall come to pass when it is seen that Moab is wary, Moab is tired on the high place that he shall come to his sanctuary to pray, but he shall not prevail. Praise the Lord Jesus Christ. He shall not prevail. If you read the Amplified, it shall be that when Moab presents himself, when he rears himself worshipping on the high place of idolatry, he'll come to his sanctuary of Chemosh, God of Moab, but he will not prevail. Then he will be ashamed of his God. I hope by now we all know, or many of us know, that high places are altars, they're places of worship. Certain places were ordained even by the children of Israel, not only pagan uh, kingdoms, but even the children of Israel had places where they used to go and, you know, give sacrifice for their God. First Kings chapter 3 verses 2, only the people sacrificed in high places because there was no house built unto the name of the Lord and, until those days. So it was not only done by pagan kingdoms but the children of israel were doing that in fact the pagan kingdoms copied the children of israel and built themselves altars in high places what they called high places so they used to worship in high places when you talk about high places or if you ever read in scripture and come in contact with something called high places they're talking about altars now why is moab wary because he is praying to an idol why is Moab wearing the high place? Because he is speaking to a small God. And therein the revelation started to build in my spirit. Right there the spirit of the Lord told me something very powerful. Very powerful. That I want to tell you and then build my case through. And this is what he said. He said, son, many of my people have not understood that my altar is an altar of rest, not an altar of war, not an altar of struggle, not an altar of strife. He said to me, when you are weary, don't come. First minister to the weariness and then come on the altar. Ah, but you see the Bible says, come to me all you who are heavy laden, Matthew eleven twenty eight, Come unto me all who ye who labor and are heavy laden and I will give you rest, he says. He says, come unto me all ye that labor and are heavy laden and I will give you rest. And the Lord told me that was not spoken to believers. That was people which were coming from the world. All my life I used to think this portion of scripture, Matthew eleven twenty eight. 28, was for a believer. God has not anointed our altars to carry weary men. And I'll explain why. Just give me time. Give me your ears. Read this. He says, Come unto me, all ye who labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you what? And I'll give you rest. Next verse. Take my yoke upon you. So these are people who have not yet received the yoke of Christ. 
and learn of me, for I am meek and low in heart, and ye shall find rest unto your souls, for my yoke is easy and my burden is light. These were people that were carrying another burden, not the person of Christ. So that portion of scripture is right for a man who doesn't know God. They have to be wary. When you're sacrificing on a pagan altar, you will be wary. Somebody shout amen. amen. If you're sacrificing on a fallen altar, you have to get wary. If you're indifferent to the pattern God has designed in prayer, you will get tired. Have you asked yourself why some people struggle to pray? Because they don't have a revelation of how they're supposed to pray or stand or be positioned on the altar. Do you know how many people cannot sustain a 10-minute prayer? When they pray for 10 minutes, they grow weary. When they pray for 15 minutes, they grow weary. When they pray for 30 minutes, they grow weary. And there are people who can pray for one hour, two hours, three hours, and they can work, even pray the whole day and not feel the inconvenience or discomfort of prayer because in their strength is coming. They have an understanding as they approach the throne of grace. But there are people who, many, many Christians, in fact, one of the biggest attacks in the body of Christ is prayer. If it was for show of hands and I said, how many people here pray for at least an hour a day? I'll tell you, 10 or 5% would put up their hands. It would even be less, probably 2 or 3%. The rest of you, it's 10, 15 minutes, 3 minutes. Jesus. <laughs> Father, in the name of the Father. <laughs> Are you following what I'm saying? We can't sustain prayer. When we get into the place of prayer, we're weary. Why? Because we were not shown this mystery. It was not revealed to us. We never understood this wisdom. The place of prayer for a believer is not supposed to be a place for the weary. Because like Moab, when you come weary, you will not prevail. You will not prevail. Prayer is supposed to be a place of rest, not struggle and strife. But you see, uh, weapons of our warfare are not cannot since John the kingdom of God has suffered violence and the violent take it by force you don't need to come out of rest to be violent you don't have to come out of a place of rest to be violent Let me explain this further. Hebrews chapter 4 verses 2 to 3. He says, For unto us was the gospel preached as well as unto them, but the word preached did not profit them, not being mixed with faith in them that had it. So he gives us a group of people which, you know, applied the word, but they did not mix it with faith, even though they had the word. Okay? And because there was no faith in them, in whatever word they had, for he says, For we which have believed, now he's, he's, he's giving us a juxtaposition. He's separating for us. Paul is helping us understand the difference between a believer and people who don't believe. He said, the people who received the word, but when they received it, they did not mix it with faith. But he said, but we which believed have entered into rest. In other words, they stayed restless because there was no faith in them. They came on the altar of prayer with anxiety. And if you come anxious, you will get weary. If you come without faith, you will become tired. That is how you know that you have not yet grown in faith. You will struggle in prayer. Because it is not a place of rest. He says, we which have believed do enter into rest. He didn't say we which are believing, present continuous. He says, we which have believed past participle right have entered into what rest we which have believed believed have entered into what rest we which have believed i'll repeat it until it sinks in your soft skull we which have believed have entered into rest you know what faith is a place of rest that's why i said you don't need to come out of rest to be violent you can be in rest yet violent spiritually yet aggressive toward hell and the devil how you following what i'm saying yeah see now i'm redefining so much 
Because there are people who are restless in the spirit and it even shows in their prayer life. Even in the way they pray. By the time the person comes out of prayer, he says, I'm from prayer. I'm from prayer. I'm from prayer. We are more than conquerors. No. <laughs> Did the Bible say that they that wait on the Lord are supposed to renew their strength? That means in prayer, if you're praying the right way, if you're praying in rest, come on, if you're praying in rest, it means the longer you pray, the stronger you are. Come on, those The longer you pray, the stronger you become. You come out of a four, six, seven hour prayer, and then they say, How are you? And say, I'm fine. Why? Because you're invigorated by the Holy Ghost. We which have believed have entered into rest so you come in a place of rest not in a place of war you don't begin this you remember solomon let's go to the place where god has a conversation with david david says how how can i sleep in a house of cedar and the presence of my god is in curtains you remember I want to build you a house, he says. Okay. But God tells David, you cannot build me a house. You can't consecrate an altar for me. Why? Because you're surrounded with too much war. He says, a seed shall come out of you. And he says, and he shall be a son of rest. I will give him peace. And by him I shall build the altar. He has to give peace to the seed of David, which is Solomon. He has to get a man of rest and a man of peace. And when he does that, then he can build the altar. First King chapter 5 verses 3. Solomon says, Thou knowest how that David my father could not build an house unto the name of the Lord his God, for the wars which were about him on every side until the Lord put them under the soles of his feet. My father David could not build a house for the Lord because he was of restless spirit. He was a man of war. There was always something to catch his attention and draw him out of the rest that he needed to consecrate an altar for my God. It says, verses 4, but now the Lord God has given me Come on, answer me. The Lord God has given me rest on every side so that there is neither adversary nor evil or current. And behold, I purpose to build an house unto the name of the Lord my God as the Lord spoke unto David my father saying, Thy son whom I will set upon thy throne in thy room, he shall build an house for my name. He says, now that I've found rest, I have the qualification to build the altar. David bought all that was needed. In fact, he passed most of that stuff to Solomon. But there was still more needed. It was not just the money or the wealth or the gold necessary to build the altar. God wanted a man under rest to consecrate an altar. You're not going to change that pattern. Oh, I wish you got it. I wish you got it. You're not going to change that pattern next week. You're not going to change that pattern. For as long as the earth remains, God has appointed places, altars, of rest as effective realms for prayer. You must enter rest first. When you enter rest, then you pray. Then you pray. You enter the place of prayer with strength and we come into places of rest whilst we pray. That's just how God has patterned life. Remember Isaiah chapter 40 verses 31. That famous scripture many people read. It says, They that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. Uh -huh. They shall mount up with wings as he goes. They shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not be faint. They shall mount up on wings as he goes. They shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not what? Faint. Now, many, many people don't see that there's a pattern there. Again, like I said, the gospel, the message is a pattern. 
There's a pattern there. They are waiting upon the Lord. They begin from a place of flight in strength and then from flight they run and then from running they walk. Then from walking what happens? They land. You understand? Okay? If this portion of scripture say they that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength they shall walk and not faint. They shall run and not grow weary. They shall mount up on wings as eagles. It would mean they would start prayer. Prayer would begin from you know, rest, walking, running, and then what? You see how airplanes take off. From stop, they start to do, 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 slow, 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 and then they go on the runway. And then they hit their speed and go in the air. Isn't it? Because you need some speed to go in the air, to fly, isn't it? But this one is from the air to running, to walking. This was a landing man coming into rest. <laughs> Hey, who understood what I just said? Flying and then running and then walking and then coming to a stop. And that's how they renew their strength. But some of you, you begin from but you see, the revelation, oh, there are two people praying. One is Makaba, Pradaga, but they're in rest. And another one's Rakababade, Zobade, but they're out of rest. <laughs> then they say that sister prays but she doesn't have results she goes to church every day that is why one of the things that shocks me most as a minister is when you find somebody in a wall they're like makodo zekete koshala rokodala makada violence fire and then there's a ninja somewhere in the corner he's just saying thank you jesus thank you lord <laughs> Hmm. That promotion is coming. Thank you, Jesus. <laughs> and then you look at them for some time and you find that the screaming brother is looking for rent. The fellow who was praying a bit silent, things are working for him. I'm not saying there's a problem with you screaming. I'm only saying there are people who are screaming without revelation. And I feel sorry for you. If you have both, then you're lucky. You're blessed. Because your scream will come with results. But there's nothing painful like wearing out your throat. You come back and we were praying the whole night. And then they examine you months and weeks, nothing changes. Prayer is not about how you pray. But it's in the revelation that God has given us for prayer. Sometimes I have those moments where I want to pray under my breath. In fact, many a times at night because I don't want to wake up my house, I have wisdom enough. You know, there are some of you, even your neighbors have a problem with you. You know, some of you, you need wisdom. Somebody told me, oh, my neighbors, they don't want me in the neighborhood. Pray for me, Apostle Grace. They say I'm screaming for them. Of course. Heaven won't back you up because you don't have wisdom. I can pray for an hour or two without my wife. Why should I wake her up? Because I'm praying. No, I can't pray. But I'm, I'm shaking heaven. Praise God. And then I also have my moments where I feel like it has to come out. Oh, there are times I feel like I, I just have to isolate because there are certain things you... Hey, Kando Bradega Zokatala. Who has understood what I'm saying? There are those days sometimes where you want to express yourself. There are times where there's some noises that are too loud in your head and you want to silence them. You want to overlap them and you separate yourself in wisdom and start to pack candles. But I have to make sure I'm not disturbing any man's rest. So it's okay. And if you have not had that moment, it will come. One day where you'll find yourself screaming, and your thought comes in your head and says, No, in Jesus' name, I can't die. Then you, you come back to normal. The businesswoman that you are. Who is understand what I'm saying? Because there are some things, they come so aggressively, and you don't have time to say, I refuse. Okay, if I'm in, if I'm in a plane, I say, I refuse in Jesus' name. I can't so. But even in that, it's like, 
feel like you're struggling the devil. Fire! And then there are those times you're free. And then you find yourself screaming, Fire! <laughs> Praise the Lord Jesus. Of course heaven will have noise. So if you're not comfortable with noise, I feel sorry for you. Because in heaven we are going to be praising. Not like... No. In heaven we are going to be praising. There will be trumpets. There will be pipes. So better get used to heavenly praise. <laughs> but I'm just trying to give us some understanding. Because some Christians are not okay. You know what I mean? You're in a board meeting. And then they hear you just saying, Standing top. <laughs> Sister Theopista, are you okay? <laughs> yeah, I'm fine. A Christian enters an interview. They are going to interview them. And they start saying, I plead the blood of Jesus over my head. I enter the jurisdiction heaven has given me. I'm going to pass this interview in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Guys are like, even Jesus is like, Christianity is not designed to be strange. We can be out of our minds, but we don't lose the wisdom. You know, there are Christians I call, they keep them guessing. People who do strange things, they just keep you guessing. You don't know what they are going to do. Somebody can get excited and climb that light. Ah, ah no. No, 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 no. Some are demons. <laughs> Tell your neighbor, I've entered into rest. Entered into rest. Kenda Bradega Zogatalaba. I've entered into rest. Very fundamental saying. So then you ask the question How does that work? How does this resting work? Let me explain it for you. Let me take some time and help you understand it in the simplest language I can. Remember the scripture said, We which have believed have entered into rest. In other words, it's not a believing, it's a believed thing. It has to begin with the understanding of the word of God in what God has done through Christ. Praise the Lord. It might not be eminently manifested in your life, but that doesn't mean that God has not already done that in Christ. You must first understand what has God done already in Christ. Let me give you an example. What has God done in Christ concerning your health? The Bible tells us that he bore our sicknesses and carried our pains. The Bible says that he whose own self bore our sins on the cross, that we being dead unto sins should live unto righteousness and by his stripes were healed. That is what God has done by Christ. So that means by heaven, your healing has already been provided for. Then you go to the doctor and the doctor gives you very sad news and says your kidneys are not working. Yes, your kidneys are not working. And that will hit an adrenaline of shock. Anxiety will hit you. Stress. Your brain will wake up to something that you can't explain. All the chemicals in your brain are going to change. Because they're telling you your kidneys are failing or have failed. It's bad news to hear. Or we suspect that what you're dealing with is a cancer and it's in its stage, this. That will take you out of rest. That's why it's called disease, disease. Anything that takes a man out of rest is the sickness itself. 
not what's in the body. Are you following what I'm saying? Now, listen. You tell a Christian, first rest. First pull yourself together. Don't start by, oh Jesus, be wise. No, no, no. Don't start like that. First pull yourself together. For me, even if it means first taking a nap, if I pray, I first, let me first sleep a bit. Because I need me rested, spirit, soul, and body. Now, to enter the life of prayer, you don't enter like, oh God, what have I done? Why me? That's restlessness. That's anxiety. He says, be anxious about nothing. Don't come to me with anxiety. But in all things, with prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, make your request. Why thanksgiving? Because you have the revelation of what God has done in Christ. And this is the revelation that by his stripes you were healed. And because you know that by his stripes you were healed, you're not going to go to the presence of God to ask for healing. You're going to go with thanksgiving because you were healed. And now you're going to communicate to your body in the prayer to agree with what God has already done by Christ. You see? You see? So yes, the news comes. You first come down and pull yourself together. Candles are rakote. You speak in tongues. The Bible says he that speaks in tongues builds himself up. So when you speak in tongues, you build yourself. Shanta braragado. You're trying to calm yourself down. You're resting in your spirit. You're resting in your spirit. Before you enter the place of deep prayer to address this issue. By the time you're addressing it, you're not addressing or you should not be addressing it in a place of anxiety. Because if anxiety is there, it only means you have not yet understood what God has done by Christ. So here the problem is understanding. It's not the sickness. You see? Here the problem is understanding. Not what the doctor said. They're human beings too. They also have an end. If a doctor can tell you, here yeah, there's nothing we can do in science, that means they're limited. They're limited. So you can't put your faith in only what they've studied. We have doctors who are Christians. Even they know it. That there's a point where as a doctor you have to speak in tongues and say, Heavenly Father, give me something that my books can't. Are you following what I'm saying? That's what makes a good doctor. Because they'll find something. They'll find something. And perhaps, maybe you are just a healing machine. God just brought that person for you to lay hands on them. And then you find yourself praying for them and they are healed. Because medicine wouldn't fix that. It's how we trained our Christian people to be. Be a doctor. But with an anointing and an understanding of the ways of the spirit. Somebody say amen. Now, you see, somebody enters in prayer anxious. In fact, I tell people, for me, when I'm anxious or I'm out of rest, I don't pray. I don't pray. I'll just look for some worship and put it on to rest my spirit first. Then when it's rested, I open fire. Somebody shout hallelujah. And when you get into prayer with that attitude, you're not entering to try. You're going in it to win. Because you're simply claiming your right to divine health and telling the devil that because Jesus carried away or took away sickness from you, he has no right to put it on your body. That's where the war begins. Are you following what I'm saying? He bore our sickness and carried our pains. So you say, oh, it was taken. So that means the devil has no right to put on me what Jesus took away at the cross. Oh, so I'm healed. Yes. My body might not feel it yet, but I am healed. I was healed. You see what I'm saying? Then you enter the place of prayer with the rest that you're not believing God for healing, but you have believed. We which have believed do enter into rest. 
No, you're not believing God for breakthrough. You have believed that breakthrough is there. Then you enter the place of rest. You see, you'll find yourself with thanksgiving, making your requests. The thanksgiving will precede the request. The request will not precede the thanksgiving. You'll find yourself saying, Father, I thank you. Because Jesus was wounded for my transgression. He was bruised for my iniquities. I am free. I was healed. Thank you, Lord Jesus. And as you continue repeating these things to your spirit, something starts to wake the spirit manner. And he's stirred into a certain place. And the person who went there crying, you find yourself just dancing and singing. So what if things refuse to change and you feel worse the next day? That's where you know whether you really believed or you're believing. Or you are trying a formula without believing. You know the people who think you have to do this much for things to happen? No. The thing is, you have to believe what has already been done by Christ. And then appropriate it in prayer to manifestation. Otherwise then, you're working under the principle of the law. You're doing to receive instead of receiving to do. You see? That's the difference between faith and works. He says, without works, faith is dead. You understand? Without works, faith is dead. But one precedes the other. You have to believe first before the actions come. Isn't it? You can't do the actions first in order to believe. Very simple but very powerful. David said, I had fainted if I had not believed to see. He didn't see to believe. He believed to see. I had fainted unless I had believed to see. Some people wait to fast, see, and then believe. Oh, I'm feeling better. That means I'm healed. Oh, there's no stomachache anymore. That means I'm healed. Oh, you're moving by the senses. Romans 8. If you live by the flesh, you'll surely die. Surely die. You're not a debtor to the flesh, the Bible says in Romans 8. You don't have a debt to the flesh to respond to how you feel to justify as of whether the miracle has taken place or not. So yes, maybe you pray and the pain still continues or the landlord is still on your case or, you know, the job has not yet come. Yes, these are still symptoms, but the reality of what God has done is still intact. And then you see a believer who after long believing has not seen or applied themselves to faith after long has not seen the result of that faith and then they draw back to perdition and then they go for a prayer uh, meeting and then they meet a man of God in secret and then they say man of God pray for me I'm believing God for healing that very statement you've spoken means all the other things you've been doing for the five six months years are all useless you've gone back to zero you're repeating the cycle like you're starting from nothing. Because you don't even carry the understanding. If you want somebody to carry this with you, you say, man of God, thank God with me because I was healed. Then the man of God lays hands on you. That's you continuing in the faith. And somebody says, I've prayed. I've fasted. I went to brother this one. I went to prophet this. Sister so-and-so, evangelist so-and-so. And somebody came to me and they told me, now apostle, we've also come to try you. I told them, take the flight back. That, that flew in just to try me. I said, take your flight back. For me, I don't pray prayers of try. How do you come all the way just to come and try and see whether Apostle Grace's prayer will work? Your ticket and hotel bills. It can't work because you're trying God. God is looking for people who are going in. It either works or it works. Somebody said amen. I said it either works or it works. Some time ago, a young man called me. 8 a.m. in the morning. Because of grace. I need help. He said, how do I help you, sir? He said, I'm doing alcohol. I'm doing this. I'm doing that. I'm tired of alcohol. I'm tired. I'm tired. I'm tired. 
I'm tired of alcohol. I'm drinking, I'm drinking, I'm drinking, I'm drinking, I'm drinking, I'm drinking. So I said, can I get a pastor to help you? I can appoint one of our pastors to meet you and help you. In, the guy said, actually right now I'm in a bar. So I said, I don't care where you are. 8 a.m. He said, I want help. I said, I don't care where you are. Let me put you in touch of a pastor. He says, no, no, no. Always you die. I told him, so what do you want from me? He says, just speak the word. Drunk boy, he said, just say that from today, you are not going to take alcohol. I post I am going to be free. <laughs> Drunk, you guys just said the word. Say, you are, you just say you're not going to take alcohol again. And I said, in the name of Jesus, you're never going to take alcohol again. He says, it is done. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. He says, bye. Like Jesus, I have not found so great faith. There's a man in a bar confident that if I speak the word and somebody takes a flight to come and try me tell your neighbor have some faith <laughs> we which have believed do enter into rest so you see that simple analogy so it doesn't matter how bad whether it's stage 4 or it's stage a million whether they tell you you have 24 hours to leave find the rest find the rest find the rest because the altar that God has consecrated you is an altar of rest remove the pressure and stress and anxiety of your life don't pray shaking you know people Jesus I know no 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 get your rest first Get your rest first. I know there's a lot of trouble. I know you're at the verge. It's coming for you. You can't stop it. The letter has been written. They must take you out tomorrow morning. But first, rest. That's why I, mean, I tell people, if I'm overwhelmed, I first sleep a bit. Then I wake up. Then I go in the Word. First get all my scriptures that I need. Mm, 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 mm. And then faith is built. When faith is built. Oh, 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 my God. You enter the place of worship and prayer with joy. He has made me glad. Bless the Lord, O oh my soul, and forget not his benefits. He that forgiveth my sins and heals me of all my diseases. You enter, you enter like that with thanksgiving, knowing it must work. It might take a week, it might take a month. Maybe a few months, maybe a year, maybe a few years. I don't care. The point is, the end, the end must be of the Lord. Things might worsen in the middle. But I'm talking about that person who even as things are worsening, you still have your rest. Because as things worsen, people start becoming anxious for nothing. And then fear and anxiety grip them. And once fear and anxiety grip them, they're praying here, but they have unbelief here. They're praying here, but they don't believe that it's going to work here. They're confused. Even the confession is here, but it's not from their spirit. You understand what God has done by Christ. Apostle, I'm making 46. I'm making 46 and I'm not married. So what? So what? The babies, Apostle. What about the babies? 46, Apostle, biology. 46, biology, biology. Scripture, scripture, scripture. What does the word of God say? And then you see a woman hoping church to church, going apostle to apostle, prophet to prophet, teacher to teacher, pastor to pastor, evangelist to evangelist, and it's about the more she's moving. It's like a cobweb, right? 
like a spider and they're like prey in a spider web, right? It just continues, you know, holding them and holding them to a point where they are too stuck. That's what happens to people who go hoping. They're hoping, they're hoping, they're hoping. They think that, oh, now I think I need to fly to Congo. I have, there's a man of God. Then they go to Congo. Then from there, now I need to go north. Where? Libya. Oh, where? I think if I, if I don't go to Nigeria, I won't have an answer. Then they go. But the answer is here in the word. It's in their Bible. Are you following what I'm saying? Even those men you go to, if you don't come with faith, wasting time. You must come with faith. They that come to him must know that he is and that he is the reward of them that diligently seek him. There are people who come with so much faith. You know. You know. I'll never forget this young lady called Jennifer. During that time, Pastor Muhind and his wife were pastoring a church somewhere in Naguru. And I had gone to Mukono to preach that night and I was to come back and uh, preach in the church then they were pastoring. This university kids you know i have very crazy people here they go in a hospital they pick a girl who has heart disease she had like four things heart disease cancer and something else she was on the verge of death they convince the hospital just give her to us even the doctors know the girl is going to what die we need to take her for prayer. Can we hire an ambulance? Doctor said it's okay. They brought this girl in an ambulance of a hospital. So when I come in, there's an ambulance outside. The girl is down on the floor. And as I get in, one of these guys say, Papa, this girl must walk. I said, this is fake. You know they can provoke. Some people know how to provoke the anointing. Eh? Have you been around people who just know how to provoke the anointing? I just felt stirred in my spirit. She said, she must walk. She must heal. So I walked to this girl. She couldn't walk. I just stretched my hands. I say, in the name of Jesus, get up and walk. Jennifer ran out of the church. She stood up, felt strength. They started chasing after her. She's alive and well today. heart disease and two other diseases HIVS she's alive alive 100% healed by God eh, eh. people have faith now I love that team because for them they were not trying to accommodate Nachibuka these kids again another group of kids I was preaching here in Moobs they go to Washin Mulago they go to Mulago and pick Nachibuka. Nachibuka is stage 4 cancer. Nachibuka is HIV positive. So I'm preaching and I say little bed. There is like a little woman there. Small little thing. I thought it was a child. They brought Nachibuka. So I'm preaching, preaching. In fact, that day electricity went off. They bring this lady. Very small little thing. I thought she was a child. Very skinny. So when they put her on the floor to unwrap this thing. Hey, oh my God. The sight was unbearable. No hair on her head. I think Kimo had taken it. Very skinny to bone. She had lost all muscles. She had not walked over for nine or months or so more. Crippled. Nothing. These kids put Nachibuka there. Says I'm preaching the gospel. And I pray for Nachibuka. See, girl stands up. Very skinny girl. I'm here. I'm here. Immediately she asked for food. I'm hungry. They fed Nachibuka. Three months later, this woman comes and she's healthy, very strong, no cancer, no HIV. Because they came by faith. You know, people say, I believe, but they don't believe. Some people come, but they don't believe. They are believing, but they are not believing. Tell your neighbor, choose to believe God. Tell your neighbor, if you go for your answer, go for it. Are you following what I'm saying? God is looking for people who say, 
it has to work. I told you and I'll preach you until you walk on water. One day I will preach faith, I will preach faith, but one day you'll find yourself walking on water. You just keep listening. Somebody shout hallelujah. It has to work. Tell your neighbor it has to work. You go in convinced that it has to work. Rested men are convinced. Rested men are because you know it's going to work. It has to work. It must work. You know? Not I must get married this year, but you're just telling here. No. They're people saying this year when they mean it, they know it's this. Eh? They're not looking at but the months have gone, but you know it's December. No, no, eh? eh? I have a spiritual daughter here. You know those things where people confess things in their spirit? The man just woke up one day and told her we are getting married in a month. Hey! You're joking. Four weeks! They called me Apostle Grace. Crash program. In four weeks, the man says we must get married. I told her my suit is ready. You're joking. Spiritual warfare. We had believed for so long. The miracle is here, and I tell you now, wait. Ah, 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 ah. Chiguera, wow. Everything was done. First week, it was marriage. Hey, God can do exceedingly, abundantly, above that which you dare to. There are people you're looking at right now, but they're going to look different next week. They're going to look different in November. By December, you won't believe that they were seated next to you on a Thursday evening. If you believe it, shout amen. Something is about to change for me. Hey, you can say it also. Something is about to change for me. I have enough rest in my spirit. That it is done. 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 Hey, Sando Zagata. It is done. It is done. It is done. Divine health is mine. Say it. Hey, divine health is mine. Say it. Peace is mine. Say it. Divine provision is mine. Say something crazy in the air. And begin by before the year ends. Kendos abaladegas sobradegas. I feel a miracle is going to happen that is not subject to time, space, qualifications, because somebody this evening has entered into rest. Somebody this evening has chosen to believe as one which has believed. It is done. It is done. It is done. What if symptoms persist? Some people say, seek medical advice. No. Seek heavenly counsel. Continue in the faith if symptoms persist. Continue ye in the faith. Continue ye in the faith. Continue ye in the faith. This is the victory that overcomes the world even our faith. This is the victory. I have believed that I'm rich. I have believed that I'm healthy. I have believed that I'm progressive. I don't know who I'm talking to. I was dealing the other day with a parent whose child was in ICU and the kid was in coma. So I meet the parent. And you know what the parent tells me? They tell me, Apostle Grace, 
My kid is in coma. But I know. That I know. That I know. That I know. That my kid is awake. So thank God with me. I say this is faith. And surely as the Lord is, the kid woke up. Because they were rested. But it is hard. It is hard when your own kid is in ICU. It is hard when your child is there, when your wife or husband is there, when your family member is there. Those you love, you see their life is living and there's nothing in the world you can do. And God still says, no, rest. Fast rest. Don't lose sleep. Wake up in the night and not weep. And just thank me because I did it. This is the victory that overcomes the world even our faith that is why some of us who have tried this thing we can gladly sing tis so sweet to trust in jesus just to take him at his word just to rest upon his promise just to know that said the Lord Jesus Jesus how I trust him how I've proved you all Jesus, Jesus, precious Jesus, all for grace to trust Him. Look at what Jesus has done, or what God has done by Christ, and enter your place of rest. And know that it is finished. This job you want, it's there. You already have children. I'm talking to the barren. You have to say, sing all ye barren. For your children shall be more than that which had children before. You're married. You must see it. Your debt is paid. You must see it. Your house is finished. You must see it. The contract is signed. You must see it. The project is awarded to you. You must see it. Fanuno Cathedral is finished. You must see it. Fully paid. You must see it. <laughs> Hey, hey, come on, let's raise our hands and speak to Jesus. I love you, Lord, for your mercy never fails me all my days. I've been held in your hand from the moment that I wake up. Till I let my head Oh, I will see All the goodness of God All my life you have been faithful All my life you have been so
that verse again. I love your voice. as you are speaking I felt I need to have a relationship with that Jesus you're talking about 
you're saying I want to be born again I want to give my life to Jesus repeat these words after me say Lord Jesus I thank you for the message that I've had today by that message I have believed that you died for my sins and you were raised for my glory today I receive you as my personal Lord and Savior. I am born again. I know you'll change me. You'll transform me. You will use me. This sermon has been brought to you by Fenero Ministries International. For more information, contact us on telephone number plus 256-200-999-400 or email us at info at You can also find us on the web at www.fenero.org. Follow us on our social media platforms on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Subscribe to our YouTube channel at Fenero Ministries International. Or better still, feel free to join us every Thursday for our weekly fellowships at the Uma Upper Gardens from 5 p.m. to 9 p.m. and for our Sunday services at 9 a.m. and 11 a.m. at the Uma Multipurpose Hall. Fenero, make manifest.